It's going to be a fun series. Um, but kind of before we dive in, I want to say this, that on February 16th, which is two days after Valentine's Day, um, as a way of kind of applying the teaching of this series, we are providing a free babysitting night for anybody who has kids. And so drop off your kids here at 6 on February 16th. Maybe you want to skip Valentine's and then make the 16th your Valentine's Day on Friday night. And our staff and our leaders are going to be here. Um, we're going to have like a big movie on the big screen. And we just want to provide free babysitting so you guys can encourage and invest into your relationship. And it's going to be great. So if you want to volunteer that night as well, maybe you and your spouse decide, nah, let's, let's serve together um, and add more kids to our kids. You're welcome to do that as well. But we want to be a blessing to you guys, um, and uh, it should be a lot, a lot of fun. My wife, Sarah, and I met in the fall of 1996. <laughs> I took a picture with her um, at my graduation three years later. Uh, here's a, a photo there. Um, we started dating when I was 20. She was 18. And in this next photo, I have frosted tips and an earring. So uh, <laughs> if you want to just leave now, that you can. Sorry about that. It was a long time ago. But I remember meeting her for the very first time. We were at youth group, and she had on an orange T-shirt and blue Calvin Klein overalls. What's not to like? Uh, I noticed her, our eyes met in the back of church, in the back of the youth room, and I knew nothing about her, but after our eyes met, I was done for. Now I've got to go and, and say something to her, and so you've got to try and be cool, right? You're approaching her for the first time, you've got to say something cool, and so I say something like, hey, nice denim. What? Um, and then I've got to save it, so I'm like, I'm John, not, not Pete. I have a twin brother. Some people think I'm him, but I'm, I'm me. I'm me, he's him, I, I'm me, I'm John. Ah, uh, nice save. And then, and then I think she was, her heart was feeling a little bit pitter-patter as well because she, uh, you know, said something like, hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm like, I read you. Uh, and it, 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 it totally worked because immediately after that, four years later, we started dating. And so... Uh, <laughs> Our first date was mini golf at Blackbeard's fi Family Fun Center. We went with a couple other couples, and uh, I just wanted to be close to her. And so whenever she made a nice putt, I would go, yay, and like give her a little side hug, you know? And, but she wasn't a good golfer. And so the good putts were hard to come by. So now it was just whenever anybody else hit a nice putt, I'm like, yay for them, and then give her a hug. <laughs> A family three holes ahead of us, kid gets a hole in one, yay, yay, family, yay. Uh, and then we're walking back to the car at the end of the night, and I decide to say, like, uh, some, you know, some, some flirty banter, okay? So walking back to the car, and I say, um, you know, we probably would have won if it wasn't for you on our team. And she's like, huh, you know? And then she gives me one of these, like, like, just like, and it bumps me with this, her hip. And I was like, okay. 
So now she's flirting back a little bit. So then I do a little wapa, you know, and I get her. Then she like winds up and she's just like, boom. Like, and, and, so, and so then I'm like, okay, it's on like Donkey Kong. And so I finally just really, you know, put everything into it. I knock her into the mud. True story, true story. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I don't know my own strength. Um, we dated five and a half years, and we've been married 11. And we do not have this whole relationship and marriage thing down at all. But we're learning more and more every day. And throughout this Love and Bloom series, we'll learn together God's heart for us in the midst of relationships. And today we're going to focus in on two seasons of life that many and all of us have been in. Single or dating. Those are the two seasons we're going to focus in on. And then next Sunday, we are going to be talking about... Okay? Who thinks of Al Bundy when you hear this song? Okay, and then for the finale... Okay. We can play the song in church, I guess. Um, it's going to be a great time. So no matter what season of life you are in, there will be things applicable for you, whether you're single, dating, or married. And so this morning, for you married folks, we're going to be talking about single and dating. There are certainly some applicable points. And next week, for you single folks, we are talking about marriage and love. Definitely some things that we can apply to our lives, regardless of what season you are in. So don't miss a Sunday. When I was a kid, I loved getting presents. All kids do. And I remember this one particular birthday, there were two types of presents my parents would give us. They would give us the need kind, socks and underwear, and then the fun kind, toys and video games. And one year, my parents gave me and my twin brother uh, a BB gun. It was awesome. We would set up Pepsi and RC Cola cans, and we would shoot them with that BB gun, and I got to admit, I was a pretty good shot. And we had so much, it was better than I could ever imagine. We had so much fun playing with that BB gun. That same year, they also got us an envelope, and inside that envelope was some of these saving bonds. And I go, What are these, mom? Oh, those are saving bonds, son. And, you know, 20 years from now, you can probably get something really nice. Do you have any that you bought 20 years ago by chance? Uh, and I couldn't believe how clueless my folks were. Uh, why would she waste our time with something as meaningless as this? Fast forward several years later, I'm in junior high playing in the backyard with some of my friends, and we pull out the old BB gun. But we are no longer shooting RC Cola cans. We are now shooting each other. And Jeff Swisher pumped that BB gun, and he shot me. I've been shot! And... I was like, no, like blood, like a little bit on my hands. Ah, ah, felt like I was in a movie. And I'm so angry about this. And I, there was no exit wound. So that, babe, that baby might still be in here somewhere. <laughs> I'm scarred for life. How could this happen? This gift that was supposed to bring me such joy had brought me pain and sadness. Fast forward another 10 years, and I'm a poor college student wanting to get engaged to my girlfriend. And my parents are cleaning out all of the kids' stuff because my brother and sister are now engaged, and my parents can't wait to be empty nesters. And so they kind of get all the boxes, and they go, here's all your keepsakes and stuff. And then in that box, I saw some envelopes, those saving bonds. Uh, I blew off the dust, took them to the bank, and you know what? They were worth a nice little amount of money years later. Oftentimes, 
What we want in the moment is not always what's best for us in the long run. And what is best for us, we don't always appreciate the value. Sometimes the thing you want will leave you scarred for life. That's dating. And sometimes we find real value in the gift that we didn't want. That's being single. Why would I call this singleness a gift? Because that's exactly what the Apostle Paul calls it in 1 Corinthians 7. If you have your Bibles, check this out. 7 and 8 says this, I wish that we all were like myself, but as each has his own gift from God, one of one kind and one of another, to the unmarried and widows, I say that it is good for them to remain single as I am. Paul just called singleness a gift. Yet many singles that I know long to be connected to somebody. Current surveys of millennials indicate that 96% long to be married at some point. So singleness is a gift that the majority of us don't want, but we have. Paul continues in verse 28b, however, those who get married at this time will have troubles. I'm trying to spare you those problems. Amen. Verse 32, I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work and thinking about how to please him, but a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities, how to please his wife. His interests, they're divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married, has never been married, can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want, to, I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord best as, with as few distractions as possible. You are single because God wants to champion something in you. He wants to foster a way of life and a way of seeing the world that fits you where you are right now in this moment. He was advocating singleness because it gives you liberty from anxiety and stresses of marriage. The married man is concerned with pleasing his wife. His interests are divided. Now, some of you, are, you hear that as single people and you're like, those are exactly the kind of like distractions I want. I want to be able to figure out how to take care of my wife or my husband. Let me tell you something. There are going to be things that make your wife happy that have nothing to do with anything you enjoy. And women, there are things that will make your husband happy that have nothing to do with the stuff that you enjoy. Girls, you'll walk into the house and he's focused in on the TV. You'll come through the door and he's glued to something on the, the tube. And you say, I just had the worst day ever. I can't deal with all of this stress and I just, I, I just need to vent. He's just staring. And then you, she does this, hello. And then he says something like, oh, hi, babe, you're there. Uh, and then you are getting ready to lose your mind. You're like, you're supposed to be my best friend. You're supposed to be my think tank, my soulmate. You're supposed to process with me. You finally grab his attention. And he's just staring at you, blinking, not really getting it, which then makes you think, I don't think he understands me. And let me just tell you, he doesn't. He doesn't. Which means you're going to have to figure out how to live with this huge, hairy, confused person the rest of your life. And then kids enter the picture. My wife and I have two kids. And I can't tell you how many times one or both of us have said, remember how nice it was before we had kids? Now, we love our kids more than life itself. We wouldn't trade them for the world. But sometimes, often, we think back to the days when we could do whatever we wanted and we didn't have to care for two tiny humans. 
Uh, and some of you single people are going, that's so mean. <laughs> and all you people with kids are going, finally someone said it. <laughs> if it sounds like I'm down on being married, I'm not. We'll get there next week. I love being married. I love being a dad. I, I enjoy the season of life that I'm in right now. But I'm stressing the difficulties in marriage because it's easy for people to romanticize the season that they're not in. There's a tendency for every one of us to downplay the benefits of the own stage that we're in and then uh, amplify the benefits of another. The single person pines away for the intimacy of the married season of life, and the married man or woman romanticizes the freedom they enjoyed when they were single. And I don't want you to miss out on what you have access to right now, whether you're single or married. I don't want you to miss the benefits of now because you're fixated on the benefits of then. Don't miss the benefits of now because you're fixated on the benefits of then. And there are two thens, right? If you're single, don't miss the present and waiting to be happy until you get married. And if you're married, don't miss the present because you're dreaming away of how life used to be when you could do whatever you wanted, whenever you wanted. Sacred singleness is that God has allowed you to have this time and this season in unrestricted devotion to him. Don't postpone life. Don't postpone your happiness until I get that or until I get them. There is no that or them. There is nothing in the future that will make you happy. There's not a, once I get X amount of dollars, then I'll be happy. Once I get this amount of kids or home or income or in my retirement, then I'll be happy. No, it won't make you happy. God's saying, enjoy today, right now, here. Live it for God. Live it to the fullest. And now dating. Dating. So much to say, so little time. A hundred years ago, girls, you had two choices to marry. Billy Bob or Billy Bob's brother, Bob Billy. Okay, that was it. That was it. A hundred years before that, you didn't have a choice at all. Your parents picked for you. Now... We can pick whoever, and our parents would probably do a better job anyway. I think Sarah's parents just said amen. What? Uh, we don't know what to look for. He's really cool. Okay. Is he going to be a great dad? She's really hot. She's going to be a good mom. Is the other person a hard worker? What, are they going to love you as you grow old together? One of the most common places for people to search for a spouse is now it's online. And there are many great websites that pair people up and have great success, then there are some other websites that don't have as great of a track record, okay? I've been out of the dating game a while, um, but Tinder is the, the place where many, many, many people go to meet someone, to begin a dating relationship. And it kind of works like a game, right? You'll see a picture, and if you swipe to the left, you don't like them. If you swipe to the right, you like them. And then if they like your picture, then you can message each other and begin a dating relationship, okay? All this based on one photo of the other person. Now, I, I, like I said, I've been at this a while, but there are actual websites that tell you how to take the right photo. And so for women, you're supposed to hold the camera up like this, either smile or pucker your lips, okay? And it helps. It's, according to the website, it helps to maybe show a little bit up here, okay? Now, for guys, you're not supposed to hold it up here. You're supposed to hold it like this, but you're supposed to look away like this. And then it said this, 
you're supposed to have a dog. <laughs> and if you don't have a dog, borrow somebody else's dog so that you can get swiped right, right on. Now, I think online dating can be great. I'm just convinced that many people might be swiping left on some incredibly beautiful people because real beauty isn't on the outside. It's not superficial. Look what 1 Peter says this, verse uh, 2, 3. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way holy women of the past who put their hope in God used to adorn themselves. Peter was not telling women to avoid getting all dressed up. Rather, he's saying that your character will take you farther than your cosmetics. Your character will take you farther than your cosmetics. Cultivate the beauty of a gracious life. It lasts longer. Many women uh, think that they have to look or act a certain way to get the attention of men. But just to kind of clear the air, like Hollywood, magazines, etc., uh, that's fake, okay? That's not real women. That's photoshopped. The actual women in those images don't look like that in real life. That's why magazines like Us Weekly are so popular among women because they have this section called Just Like Us. And it's paparazzi photos of, of actresses and models and celebrities that are like grocery shopping, like parking their car, and they're not so done up. And you're like, hey, they kind of look like me there. It's, it's a relief for them. It comforts women who are often all too aware of their own shortcomings physically. And ladies often dream of finding men who they see in romantic movies. Those guys don't exist either. <laughs> okay, there's no guys like that. The actors who play those characters aren't like that. Ryan Gosling isn't that sweet in real life, probably. Okay, <laughs> Hugh Jackman, they're not that probably great. So if you'd like to hold someone up to an impossible standard, you can, but I would rather encourage you to live in the real world because it's, there's more life. That's where the life is, the real world, not Hollywood. Secondly, what you should not be looking for in dating is someone to complete you. That is way too high of a task for any other person. Dating is not chasing about the person in whose eyes we can find a sense of meaning and fulfillment. No, we don't find our life in our dating relationships. One of the great dangers in the modern dating area is the tendency to adopt a consumer mentality instead of a companion mentality. Right? We come up with a list. I want them to be tall and handsome, funny, charming, great job, solid income, sensitive but strong, confident but also caring, and it helps to have washboard abs. For guys, I want her to be shorter than me with these specific measurements. She needs to know how to, how to have a good time. She needs to be into sports, hockey, uh, you know, saving money, uh, walking, uh, all these different things that we put on them. But this mentality causes problems from the start. You know what's happening when we do this? We're trying to customize our order to get what you think is best for you. This is exactly how you order a burger, right? That's not how you date. Why? Because we're looking for a person to love, not a product to consume. We're looking for a person to love, not a product to consume. So yes, your way right away might be what you have for lunch today at Burger King. It's not the way we find the love of our lives. 
In their book called Relationships, Les and Leslie Parrott said this, if you try to find intimacy with another person before achieving a sense of identity on your own, all your relationships will become an attempt to complete yourself. When we enter into romantic relationships to, to complete our identity, it, the relationship itself can become a very selfish thing. If you're dating someone to complete yourself, it'll end in heartache. If you're dating because it's fun, it'll end in heartache. If you're dating for your own sexual gratification, it'll end in heartache and you'll leave a trail of brokenness behind you. That's not honoring God. That's not honoring your future spouse. Look at what Proverbs 27, 12 says this. A prudent person foresees the danger ahead and takes precautions. The simpleton goes blindly on and suffers the consequences. Can you foresee danger ahead in your dating relationships? Heartache because one or both of you is pursuing something other than love. I've seen way too many suffer the consequences. Proverbs 4 says this, above all else, guard your heart for it is the wellspring of life. I want to invite Stephen the band to come up and I'll close with this. There's a man by the name of Tom and Tom had been married for 25 years. And uh, he, he, had, he worked in, on Wall Street and had this big firm and worked a lot and a lot, a lot. And on his drive home back to the suburbs, one particular evening, right before their vacation, he was listening to a pastor speak and the pastor had talked about choosing to love. Love is an act of the will. And he admitted kind of to himself that he had been a selfish husband. He had made a commitment that for the two weeks he was on vacation, he was going to choose to love his family. And so right from the moment they arrived on their vacation, he kissed his wife, Evelyn, at the door, and he said, that new yellow sweater looks great on you. And she was like blown away, a little bit shocked, but said thank you. After the long drive, Tom kind of wanted to just sit down and relax and turn on something on the TV. But his wife wanted to go for a walk on the beach with the kids and fly some kites. Tom didn't want to. And so she said, please, honey, let's all go do this. And he, before st starting to say no, caught himself and said, of course. And they have a great time walking on the beach. For two weeks, he didn't call his investment firm. He visited the museums that she wanted to do. He relaxed when she wanted to. He invested and chose to love his wife. On the last night of their vacation, his wife had a, a face of downcast, and he says, honey, what's wrong? And she says, Tom, am I dying? And he goes, excuse me? And she goes, you've just been so great these two weeks. And I know that I had that appointment at that doctor's office a couple of weeks ago, did they give you some bad news? Am I dying? Is that why you're being so good to me? And Tom kind of collects himself and gathers his thoughts, and he says, no, honey, no. He wraps his arms around her, says, you're not dying. I've just decided to live. That's God's heart for you in this season you're at, whether single or dating or married. Decide to fully live, to live and love at the expense of self for the benefit of the other. When you love, love gives, it doesn't grab. It benefits accrue to the other's account at the expense of self. Love is for you, not for me. Love is sacrificial action, a decision of the will. So whether you're single, dating, married, 
God's desiring you to be fully alive and to fully live in this moment in Jesus' name. God, I pray that you would help us become people aware of where we are, who we're with, and that we would fully live in those moments. God, I pray a special prayer for those who are single and longing for that next season. I pray, God, that you would be enough and that you would work wonders in their life and make such a great impact now in a way that just can't happen later. And for those who are in dating relationships, God, I pray that this would be an evaluation time in preparation towards marriage, not just for fun, not because she's just cute, not because uh, he's fine, whatever it is, God, I pray that our motivations would be pure, longing for the partnership that builds us up till death do us part. Father, during this series, we're gonna be talking about some sensitive stuff that have, effect, that have affected us in great ways throughout our lives. And God, we pray that during this series that there's healing, that there's abundant life, that there's love, and that there's grace. And we thank you, God, that you model that for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand as we declare how great our God is? you give life you give life to our love light to the darkness you bring hope you restore every heart that is broken great are you It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise, we pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour out our praise to you, oh.